Okay, awesome. Welcome to another episode of DGM Starter. Uh, today I have Abe Bedard here. He is a co-founder of a e-commerce golf company called Yada Golf. So I'm excited to get into his story and kind of learn about his process of how he got the company up and going. So how are you doing today, Abe? Awesome. Stoked to talk with you, man. Yes, I've, so uh, I work with Abe. Abe has taught me a lot about Facebook, Google ads, really a lot of stuff with Google, uh, like, um, well, not Google in specific, but digital marketing. And so I've heard bits and pieces of your story of how you started Yada Golf. Um, but I'm guessing you haven't had the chance to tell it to many people. It's not like we have a huge audience here either, but uh, can kind of walk us through that process of how you decided you wanted to start a golf company and, and how you those first steps that you took. Yeah, for sure. So I'm um, one of those guys that just from a younger age really loved entrepreneurship and business. So like in high school, I started a donut shop shop that we sold smoothies <laughs> as well. Um, school shut us down eventually, but like I mean, so I was I've been doing this for a long time. Maybe not as some as people like I didn't I didn't do a lot of lemonade stands and stuff like people always say, but I always loved business and took a lot of business classes. Um, and then when I got into uh, college um i started working for other companies as an intern and then you know as a full-time employee and i realized that long term um i just i didn't think that i wanted to spend eight hours a day five days a week working for somebody else and that was where the need for finding a, a different solution kind of was was born um as far as the golf company goes, really it was, that was kind of became my niche at the advertising agency I was working at at the time was I, I got a couple of golf clients and then they're like, oh, you're doing golf clients. Let's make that your thing. And so right and left, I was getting golf e-commerce clients, right? Like a lot of cool products out there. And I was just growing these companies like crazy, making them a ton of money and realized, wow, like they're experiencing all the upside here. I just need a golf product. And then I can I can run with it. I can do the same thing that I did for them for my own business. And so um, I took a golf class, actually. So I had never golfed before, even though I had all these golf <laughs> clients. Um, but I learned a lot of the lingo, obviously. And, and then I took a golf class at, at uh, Brigham Young University. And I loved it, actually, which, worked, which was great, um, obviously. But I just started to see some of the pain points from there. And one of the first ones... I noticed was when I went to tee up, like I just didn't know how how high to tee the ball. I mean, it sounds like a stupid question, but that's a little thing that actually can make a big impact on on your um, on your performance. And so um, that was where the where our first insight was is like, hey, this is a problem a lot of people are experiencing. And then from there, I hooked up with my brother. He was a electrical engineer who had um, some designing experience and then um we did a little bit of validation and and uh went from there but and then yata golf was born with our first product called telos t um so that's kind of how it got started i don't know if you have more i'm sure you have more specific questions and and other things about the design or whatever you wanted to learn but yeah so uh it sounds like when you were you so you saw that pain point and you had to figure out a a product design and so I'm sure that's a little bit of you and a little bit of, you said it was your, your brother who's the engineer who yeah. helped with that, that design process. Uh, so 
I feel like that's one thing that as I've been researching on my own, trying to learn more about how to actually start a business and validate, and, and we can get more into the validation later. Uh, that's one thing that I've, I haven't seen many good resources about. So kind of walk us through that process of, uh, from your, you kind of have an idea of a tea that could be better to how it's actually, you have a design and then you can actually find manufacturers who are ready to produce, produce it for you. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so for me, the first stage of design is really conceptual and visual. So if you or somebody else can you can work on like Photoshop, even if it doesn't look super pretty, but use some of these digital tools to like, or even just drawing your idea, right? And and getting some initial um, some initial feedback. So for me, it was it was like, okay, I need to figure out how to adjust the height. So I looked around. What are some other products out there? that are, are trying to do similar stuff and what do they suck at and what space can I fill? Like, how can I, how can I improve on what, what's already out there or, or, or make it better? And in, in my case, I kind of lucked out. Um, one of the products we found, they had kind of this locking mechanism where you could slide a disc up a T and then rotate it to lock into place, um, which is like, oh, well, that's kind of what we want to do. Maybe we don't do the product because somebody's already done it. But the, the biggest flaw, we realized the biggest flaw with that was after you hit the T a couple times, it bent out of shape and you could no longer use the adjustable height, right? And so from there, it was like trial and error. It's like, okay, can we use rubber and, and how do we make this more durable? Like at one point, we used metal in our T's, right? Just trying to make it super durable. And, um, and so it was just kind of playing around, thinking about the different materials you can use. Um, but then drawing out it conceptually and going to into the market. So we talked to a bunch of golfers before we ever had some sort of a CAD file with our official design. Um, and then uh, got feedback on just conceptually, what do you like about this? What do you dislike? Would you use this? Um, from there, um, we just created cheap prototypes. We still didn't do a CAD. We kind of just did like a um, so we did some paper mock-ups. We did, we had some guy just do like a wood. He, he shaved it actually into wood to show what it looked like. Um, but cheap stuff. And then again, getting more feedback on the visual. And then finally there's like some, some programs like Tinkercad is one. There's a lot of free, um, CAD programs that allow you to kind of, for even people who don't have a lot of experience to create a basic product. Um, after we knew we were ready to proceed with it, then we took it to, I happen to have a you know, friend who, who does um, product design professionally and, and we took it to him and paid him. But, you know, you can source that out to people on, um, there's a number of different uh, um, companies who have freelancers, right? And so find a professional after you've, you've kind of worked through a few rounds of, of the iterations is, is, is kind of what we did and what, what I, I think worked out well for us. So. And um, how would you, like, what's the learning curve on, because that final step, you found a professional and that's probably the best place to go once you've already found a design that you know people will like and they'll buy. Yeah. Um, do you think there's like a steep learning curve if someone else is wanting to, they, they find a pain point in an industry, they want to start, they want to develop a new product. Do you think... If, if they're business-minded, should they reach out and find, like, an engineer partner or someone who has more experience in that space? Or do you think, like, is it a steep learning curve? Or I guess that's a lot of layers to the question. But That's a great question, though. Um, and I think the question of should I partner with someone is huge. Because that's literally like getting married to somebody, right? 
Um, that has been where some of the greatest sources of contention in our company have come from is, is between partners saying, no, we should do it this way. No, we should do it this way. But also um, some of the main reasons why I've succeeded is because I brought on two partners. One was my brother, Ben, who's an engineer. Um, and then the other one was my brother-in-law um, who is, who's a, who's in sales, right? In B2B sales. So um, if I, if I could go back, you know, I wish I would have just hired it out, probably, um, ultimately, at least in the beginning, until I got to know the person better and got to work with them and got to experience how we would work together before I give up 50, 33% of my company, whatever it is, because that's a huge decision to make. And, and there's no reason that, you know, you couldn't find somebody who who would be willing to, like, get involved without some sort of equity. Um just for the experience, right? Like there's a lot of people who just want to to join a company or intern or do stuff for free just because they need to add it to their resume, right? Um, and then, I mean, if you don't formally start a company, you could potentially say, hey, let's, let's try this out. Any ideas how, on how I could do this? Um, and then if it starts to work out, then you could maybe formalize the partnership. But I, I, I guess what I point being is I would try and invest people before you bring them on as a partner. I don't think it's necessary to get somebody on board. Um, and in the long run, it's it's a lot of money if, if your product <laughs> ends up working out. You know, 50% or 30% of your profits is huge. So, And that's, I feel like that's a good point that is tough to really sink in. Because when you have this idea, you're excited, you want to get going. Um, bringing on a partner expedites the process it speeds everything up Uh, but like you're saying if you're planning for the long run you need to be patient sometimes and and with that patience you you touch a little bit on your validation process while you were designing this product how you you would talk to golfers you would show them your prototypes um so and i've talked a little bit about nail and scaled it a little bit on this channel i know you've recommended that book to me yeah. Uh, so, and I'm from what I've heard you tell, that's basically the process you took from Nail It and Scale It. But like, Absolutely. walk us through step by step what you did, because I know Nail It and Scale It is kind of broad for all industries. And so, someone trying to do a physical product, e-commerce, it, there might be a few tweaks that, um, or or more specific advice you could give to them. Yeah, for sure. Um, so definitely read the book. Um, Everything I'm about to say will make more sense and be more valuable if, if you understand the book and, and can apply those principles as well. Um, but uh, for us, that process kind of looks like, okay, so we have our idea. What, where, wherever we got it from, we have our idea. Um, like our most recent project was a bunch of golf pools, right? And so we want to know, are people like do they want more colorful, more exciting designs? Because in the golf industry, a lot of it's very plain, traditional. Um, and so that was the pain point we saw. Always start with the pain point. And then we we decided, okay, here's the product. Um, so it's really actually super simple, but it's so critical that you don't that you don't skip this phase. We essentially take the product, come up with some virtual mock-ups, something that people can fairly quickly understand. And especially during COVID right now, we don't run any focus groups. And so we're just doing all, all of this validation online through a survey, right? And so create a couple of mock-ups so it's easy for people to understand. But then in that survey, um, 
there's a couple key questions, right? You want to validate the problem. Is this a problem? So you're saying, here's here's my statement. Do you agree with this? Is this a problem? Um, you know, in the, in the book, it uses 50% as the benchmark. If 50% of people say that's, that is a problem that they experienced, then, then go for it. We use 70% as our benchmark just because we want it to be more worthwhile for us in the long run. So validate the problem. Um, and then the second part is to validate your execution of the solution to that problem, right? So show them, you know, the different mock-ups you have. If you have different designs of your product, so if it's like apparel, you're probably going to have like 10 different 12 ideas, right? But you need to know, okay, well, which of these are most interesting? And so you can ask that in that survey. Um, so validate the, the solution. Ask them straight up, would you buy this, right? And that's the validation of your solution. If you can get 70% of people to say, yes, I would buy that, then boom, you know this is something worth executing. Then after that, we we talk about, you know, willingness to pay. So how much would you, what's the most you'd be willing to pay? Um, and then finally, we ask them, okay, well, what do you like about the products that you're currently using that are kind of competitors to us, right? And then also, what do you, what do you dislike about them? And that allows us to see, okay, well, in this space, who are we competing against? What are their weaknesses? Again, where can we come in and dominate and kick trash because somebody else um, is failing, right? At, at one part of their product, for example. So um, then we run that survey um, in the, the first time we did it. We're just reaching out to a lot of friends and family, anybody we, who we knew we golfed, right? Because hopefully you're involved in the industry that you're starting a product in. So just reaching out to friends or families to start. Now Now we just send an email out to our customers and run a Facebook ad actually, just getting people to take the survey. Um, after we get the feedback, if it's you know below that 70% benchmark, we pivot the product a little bit if it's close enough. If it's like a 30 or 40, which we haven't had yet, you know, but we'll drop the product, just move on to the next thing. Um, but then we take it to our manufacturers after it's been validated, we have a, you know, find, find, there's people who their whole job is to source manufacturers, right? So instead of trying to find a manufacturer yourself, I would find somebody who can help you find good manufacturers um, because they know all of the people. They have a lot of the connections already. They can get you the best price points. Even if you have to pay them a little bit, uh, it'll be worth it in the long run because they're an expert and, and you're not, right? So that's kind of the, the steps that we walked through. That was kind of a lot, but that makes sense yeah and there's there's one point i i guess i'll drive it home a little bit but yeah. like this whole process that you explained it's not when you're starting a business you run through it and then once your business is like making money then you're good it's every time you release a new product yeah. or a, a, even a major change to a product you might want to do sure. it so like recently you started um or or you're getting ready to sell shirts i don't know if they're they're up and or if they're they pre-order just launched or not. live today actually <laughs> uh, sweet so uh, the link's in the description so if you want some some sweet golf shirts then then check out yeah. that link <laughs> but um you went through that same exact process when you were deciding what shirts and like what kind of designs and all that stuff it's not just like okay we have good tees now we can put whatever product we want we want yeah. up otherwise you'll probably just uh you have a lot of big failures and that's how you lose money pretty quick Absolutely. I mean, because time is so freaking valuable. Like, um, if you're doing a full-time job, that's eight hours out of your day. And then if you're trying to do this side gig, right, that's another, if you're doing it right, then you're probably spending at least four to six hours 
a, a day doing that as well, right? And so time is so huge. And so um, I never spend time on, on things unless I'm pretty dang confident it's going to work. That's that's a good point. And I feel like anyone who they, they go in, like they had that same realization that you said you talked about at the beginning, you, you realized you like being an employee for the rest of your life wasn't for you. You needed to find something that gave you more control and more freedom over your life uh -huh. for people that that resonates with. I feel like there's um, like my, myself included. I, I get an idea. I get excited. I jump the gun. And even if it was a great idea, even if it would have worked, it, it doesn't work out because you, you may be 80% right, but you're missing that 20%. So you're not confident and you, you may be going almost the right direction, but you may be two degrees off. For so sure. that's a good principle. Uh, like you said, books like Nail It and then Scale It walk you through it. Um, I, my first interview, it was actually with a friend of mine who's starting a software company for electricians. Mm -hmm. And some like w one of the motivations that I had for starting this channel was because you recommended that book to me. When I talked to him and he's starting this, he's building the software, he recommended that book to me. Oh, hey, and, yeah. and, and my brother, uh, when I was t telling him about um like an idea that i had he recommended that book so i was like okay like this is this is something that, like we we need to, i need to learn more about more people need to learn more about sure. um, but but that's awesome i think and uh, kind of going back i'm jumping around here you said find someone who can source manufacturers once you're ready to find a manufacturer mm -hmm. um What's the easiest way to find someone, and is there like a vetting process if there's if you find multiple like uh, choosing one over the other? I have found that the best way to find the right people in this space is networking, networking, networking. There are so many small business owners out there that each of them has a couple of people that are huge in their space. That's making a really big difference for their company, and they're really good at what they do. And so, Networking is just so critical. Every great relationship we've had has started out with a connection to somebody else, right? So like our main um, sorcerer right now was someone who I found through a, a guy I actually met in, in class, right? Like he's just like, hey, I, I found this guy in China. He just kicked butt. Um, and they actually ended up hiring him, right? So he's there. They're essentially there. He, he's an employee of theirs, but they they loan him out. Like they let us rent him, right? <laughs> essentially. <laughs> Um, but I met him in a class, and it just it's hanging out and doing things with people who who are in who are like minded and 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 also entrepreneurial driven, right? Those types of people, you'll find people who know people. Um, and then as you start to reach out to to local like business owners, so for example, if you're looking for packaging, like a lot of people who are doing packaging have some of these connections, and they will give them to you. If you just start reaching out to a lot of people, um, and again, it can be people in your local area who who have some sort of service that you might may or may not need, um, but just talking, 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 reaching out, looking on LinkedIn. Net networking is just so huge, um, and you can find somebody who's who's trying to do what you're doing, or or I mean, who's been who's already done what you're doing, I should say, um, and they can point you in the right direction. So, because people love to to help other others out in this space, I think more so than a lot of like competition, like, no, I don't want to give you my people. If you build healthy relationships, people in this space in, in entrepreneurship love to help each other out. So. Yeah, that's, I, th I think 
like networking, the more I'm digging into this, like what makes startups succeed, the more I'm learning one, like the power of networking, but also there's like little tips at networking. I, I feel like networking as a concept is just like, it's kind of a vague thing. Like, yeah. oh, w- what do you actually do to do it? Um, I've realized though that a little bit of effort can go a long way. Um, and like just taking that action and uh, like I've, I've, I'm on LinkedIn, I post maybe four times a year, but, and, and that's something that I'm actually going to start working more on because I've noticed I post once and that post leads to 10, 10 connection requests that are related to that post that I, people that I can, I can talk to. Yeah. Uh, so other than like what you mentioned, do you have any specific networking tips for people who uh, like, like if they're trying to get into key e-commerce, they know nothing about their or very little about their industry and how e-commerce works. Uh, yeah. What tips would you offer? Yeah, two things come to mind. One, um, well, actually three things, I guess. The first one is is Facebook groups. Um, there are a lot of Facebook groups out there that is all about small businesses and entrepreneurship. Um, I can think of one and um called EO Fire Nation. I don't know if you've heard of them, but um, I mean, that's just a group of people who are usually, who are small business owners or entrepreneurs, right? And and posting in those groups with trying to help other people out, asking questions yourself is, is a great way to network. Um, I think the second one is, is either, you know, joining classes or like masterminds, things where people all have one specific goal. Um, to really to learn how to start their business or scale their business at this certain level or whatever. Um, there's a lot of those types of, again, groups out there, right? So I guess the, the key trend here is joining different groups. And, um, and there's even like, like networking groups within your state, right? So like there's, there's um, a small business networking group in Utah. And I can't think of the names right now, but if you Google, you'll, you'll find networking groups easy, right? Um, but the third thing is, especially early on in your career, is find a job in a space that's going to help you with your small business, right? Um, a lot of my contacts that have been the most valuable have just come from from my working in in, um, in uh, for other companies, right? Early in my career, and earlier I mentioned like that wasn't for me. I'm so happy that I did it in the beginning. And long term, it's not gonna you know what I'm what I'm doing. But um, the first three, four or five years of my career working for somebody else have made the hugest impact on what I'm doing now and how I'm able to succeed now because of the people I I met and the skills I learned. That's awesome. That actually opened up some ideas that I haven't heard, which is like my main goal from these interviews is I'm hoping I, I can walk away with actionable um uh, I guess actionable actions. I know, yeah. but <laughs> actions that I can yeah. take, yeah, that I can, um, I can work to improve in that. Uh, but uh, before I, I, before I want to close this off, I think like you brought up a lot of good points about e-commerce because um, I feel like a lot of people are attracted to e-commerce because the concept is simple and it's easy to scale, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, once once you get it going, it's like whether you sell ten shirts or a hundred shirts, like it once you have that process, like it it's not 
10 times more work to sell 10 times sure. more product. Um, but I feel like you pointed out a lot of the steps that prevent companies from being successful in that e-commerce space. And you've, you've touched on a lot of them, but if someone is either they have an idea that they want to start a company or, or even they're just looking for an idea, what's, what's that first step that you would like give them a suggestion to take that first step down the right path to make sure that their company is successful for the long term? Yeah, I mean, the, I think the hugest thing is to don't overanalyze it, right? Um, get into the field ASAP. And that's a, a big thing that they hit on and, and nailed and scale it, right? As soon as you have an idea, start talking to people about it and, and push forward with it. Because really the process from ideation to actually having a physical product in hand, it takes quite some time. So if you ever want to make that happen, you just got to dedicate a specific number of hours to it every single day and start talking to people about your idea. Um, and then again, validating it, validating the heck out of it, because um, a lot of people only take one shot at it. And if it doesn't work out, they're like, uh, I'm going to go back to corporate world. Right. And so make it make that shot count. Right. I mean, I'm not saying you should ever really you should never pour like your life savings into something unless you've actually validated it and, and, and get to know it. So even if, if it does if it doesn't validate, then you know, um, move on to the next idea or, or pivot a little bit. But um, I mean, it sounds dumb, but do it right now because the later on in your career you get, the harder it is going to be do it. Because if you're in school right now, I mean, yeah, you're busy studying and stuff, but that is the easiest time in the world to start a business because you have so, so much to fall back on. If your business doesn't succeed, um, I mean, worst case scenario, you keep going to school and get a normal job, right? Um, but it, once you get 10, 15 years into your career, you are making X amount of money. You have a house, mortgage, you've got a car, you've got kids. You have so much going on um, and it's just going to be harder to get started. So I, I would just, I would, my advice would be pick an idea, validate the heck out of it and uh, get rolling with it. So That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining me today, Abe. That was that was awesome. And I feel like I, a lot of my questions coming into this were about that design process. So uh, I'm glad we were able to talk about that. For sure. If, uh, for, for those listening, if you like golf, uh, the link to Abe's company is in the description. They have some cool products. Like, um, you, you heard them talk about the tea and they just, the shirts went live. Um, so Today. check it out. It, it's, going to be awesome thanks for joining me again and everyone out there thanks for tuning in Uh, have a good day